Welcome to another episode of Touring the AFC South. You know, you, you caught me only on one episode last week, but this week I got you with two episodes. You know, I had to take a little vacation, but I'm back. And this time I'm back with somebody I went to the north. No, no, not North Memphis. But I did go to uh, the northeast to uh, bring in a special somebody for the show. Uh, she is with MSG and with Coinbase as well. Miss Bianca Peart that is the guest right. for this, this episode. So thank you for coming on. Yes, I got it right the first time for everybody listening. But yes, uh, <laughs> thank you for coming on this episode with me. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm rocking my green, you know, the NFC East energy for the Eagles. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> throw it out there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we are going to talk a little Eagles uh, as well as some AFC South. But first, like I open up every episode, I got something I got to get off my chest. And like all the time, it could be anything. But we're going to stick to football on this one. And we're going to talk about OTAs. Now, OTAs are going on. They're concluding. Some teams just didn't have the end of them and waiting in training camp. However, with all these training camps, OTAs, and all that different talk, there's always will he or won't he. And I'm talking about people showing up to OTAs. And, of course, the, the biggest uh, talk was Stefan Diggs, and he's not at practice, and there is something to be worried about, and it's interesting and those different things. You know, people just, you know, it's it, making it sound like it's an episode of Days of Our Lives on the football field. But, you know, all I can say is to that, wake me when training camp starts. Wake me up when a preseason game is missed or a second pregame preseason game is missed. Wake me up when that happens, because to me, it's much ado about nothing until people don't show up for things that count. So until then, just keep it all in. Keep all that energy, the will he, the won't he, things like that, until training camp happens. Then, then we can bring it up. Or, you know, if you want to keep bringing it up, you know, during the, the dog days of summer and you ain't got anything else to talk about, that's on you. But for me, I'm not worrying about it until training camp. You got any thoughts on that, Bianca? I agree. I mean, come on. Who wants to? It's like summer school to an extent. Like, do you have to show up <laughs> in summer or do your summer reading? Like, do you really need to do the summer reading? We wait until the last minute or until we actually have to show up for it. Um, again, this these are like low stakes practices. They're trying to fill things out. And like, he's a veteran. If he's a rookie, you know, I can understand. But as a veteran, like, come on, you know what he's capable of. You know how he is in terms of the team and the culture. It's not like he's brand new to the team. Well, actually, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I think it's just kind of like, okay, talk to me when it matters. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, right. Now, get hurt. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry to interject, but people are getting hurt, you know, and, and it's pretty common for teams to end their mini camps, um, training camps early. So even the leagues at sometimes are like, all right, maybe we need to tone it back, ease on in and really go hard during training camp and get ready for preseason. Also, folks need to also remember that Stefan Diggs is already paid. It's not a pay situation. He's yep. already paid as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. So you can go ahead, take that, ball it up, and just throw it out the window. That ain't part of the equation. But yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens when the season happens. And if, hey, we go to training camp and he's not showing up, 
then you can go ahead and, you know, get that tight zoom on uh, on the head coach or Josh Allen. And, you know, but, but you know, I, I would be remiss if I, I hadn't said uh, if, I, if, I, if I, you know, I've thought about Josh Allen before Stephon Diggs. And I, I do wonder sometimes if what we're going to see is Stephon Diggs isn't there. So, you know, I just I, I, I did quite catch myself kind of a little bit looking that way. But, you know, more often times than not, I'm like, hey, can't wake me up when training camp starts. All right. So that is the get it off your chest segment for this episode. And now we're going to talk some football, some more football, I should say. But before we do that, I have to kind of, you know, bring you into who my guest is. You know, it's the first time on the show. So, you know, let, let's get let the people know you. So I've got to ask, when did you kind of, uh, did you want to be a journalist like off top or was it something that you, you, you wanted to do earlier and then fell into journalism? So basically what I'm asking is, what did you want to be at first before becoming a journalist? So no, I fell into journalism and it could not like get away from me. Uh, growing up, I played sports all my life and essentially sports. I cannot get away from sports. I played tennis, basketball, competitive cheerleading, lacrosse. Um, I was considering going to college for basketball, but I was like, you know what, let me focus on my education. So I went to Penn State. And of course, Penn State is a huge sports school. Um, and of course, I found my way interning with the football team, the women's basketball team, as well as the men's basketball team. At the time, I was working in the sponsorship side, the marketing side, the recruitment side. And, you know, those internship experiences really helped me hone in and be like, do I really want to work in this element? Um, and then I, I took a few journalism classes here and there just because my friends was, were in journalism school. I was in business school. So let me just take a few classes because I have some credits to burn and I might as well spend it on journalism. Um, and I took a few classes there. And once I graduated Penn State, I moved to New York. I'm, I work a nine to five job in education. I still work there actually, but again, I could not escape sports. So New York, the top market, you know, number one market, I decided to freelance. I freelanced for uh, New York Liberty, the WNBA. I freelanced and covered some Jets games, some Giants games, as well as Knicks games. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm kind of into this journalism field. Um, now let's dig deeper onto like the, in the craft um, and what that entails. So I took it upon myself to go to Columbia University for journalism, journalism school, um, where I earned a master's degree in journalism because I want to respect the craft. I want to understand the fundamentals of the craft. Like I would like to understand the fundamentals of playing sports. Um, and then from there, it's just like these opportunities it just keeps calling me. Um, I had a once in a lifetime opportunity to be the first and only NFL global correspondent where I captured the fan experience in different cities and countries, including London, where Jacksonville Jags played against my Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, yeah. And then from there, I just I started emceeing. You know, emceeing as an in arena host, backing up, filling in for the WNBA teams, NBA teams, um, G League teams, soccer teams, football teams, all the major league sports, pretty much. And I was just like, okay, I love emceeing. I love reporting. I love informing and educating the viewers. Um, so let's let's keep going at it. And then 
I'm so fortunate to um, earn this opportunity to work with MSG Networks, where I cover all things basketball and cryptocurrency. You're probably like, why Coinbase? Why does that? That doesn't register. But believe it or not, cryptocurrency is here to stay. And they're really trying, you know, making a mark within the sports arena, if you will. So I cover uh, Knicks basketball and I also talk about some cryptocurrency terms just so that users can get familiar with with the with the fine investing side, crypto side of investing. So that's a very short story. I could, you know, hopefully I captured it all for you. Yeah, definitely you did. And, uh, you know, while you were talking, you kept talking about uh, sports calling you and things like that. The first song I thought about was Young Bloods. You know, they call in me. To come back to the streets, you know, not not you know, not come back to the streets, but you know, come back to the game. You know, I hear that. I'm always here. <laughs> I'm ready for the game. <laughs> yep, yep. That song right there. Mm. Yes. I can only remember the times I had to that song. But uh that's not the, the uh theme of the show for today. But <laughs> but yeah, I gotta ask though, you did say you played or thought about going to college, play basketball. Now, what position did you play? And were you uh were you nice with it on the court? I mean, clearly I had, you know, nice little handle. I like to call myself a defensive specialist. I'm huge on defense. So like that was, that was really my jam, but I was a shooting forward. Um, I played like the two, three, depending, you know, two, three. And I was going to play in Pennsylvania. There was a bunch of division two schools. I, I, I was considering even going to um, what Villanova because there was, yes, there was a, bunch of opportunities but not so much scholarship opportunities and my mom I love my mom dearly she's Jamaican and I'm a first generation I'm her only child and all she wanted me to do was just get an education <laughs> um so I respected that you know I, I, I honored that and understood that but clearly you know sports is in my blood yeah there you go like I said it's calling you but uh we're going to, uh, you know, of course, uh, hopefully you got to know a little bit about Bianca Peart, my guest for this episode. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little NFC East, which is her stomping ground. We're going to talk about a particular team that wears green as well. That and more on this episode of Touring the NFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just freight to us, it's your business. Thank you. Thank you again to Garrett Logistics for the sponsorship. Thank you. But uh, we are back and we are, like I mentioned, going to talk about the NFC East, where a particular guest of mine today knows a lot about. 
and a particular team that she loves. <laughs> We're going to get to that team as well. But, um, you know, first thing I wanted to uh, ask you about is a team that surprised a lot of people in the division. That would be the New York football giants. Now, no one had it on their bingo card that the New York football giants would go to the playoffs. No one had it that Daniel Jones would be as solid as he was. No one had it that Saquon Barkley would be a one-man show catching the football and running the football. By the way, he's in a contract situation, for those that don't know. But um, did you expect the Giants to be who they were last year? No, absolutely not. Um, Because, again, Daniel Jones, there wasn't much of a track record behind him. and he was he was inconsistent, you know, many times. But Saquon really showed up and practically saved the team, in my opinion. Um, but it was a great surprise. And also, you know, as you mentioned, Saquon with the contract challenge, like he because he performed so well. Hopefully, the Giants pay him and keep him. But we'll see. We'll see what will happen. And you know how it is with running backs in football. Yes. You know how it goes. But, uh, you know, thinking of him and how he uh, carried the team, I kind of think of an old school movie, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, with Dr. J. So it kind of reminds me of that aspect. But, you know, we're not talking about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we're not going to Pittsburgh. But uh, we are going to talk about Dallas. We're going to talk about the, yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys. Oh, ah, boy, boy, another year of criticism for Dak Prescott. I mean, he goes out there, he does what he does, then he makes one mistake. And now everyone forgets all the good things that he did and even forget that he came back from an injury to lead them. But it is what it is and the price you pay with wearing that star on your helmet and the attention that it receives. So going into this year, I know the pressure is on him, but there's pressure on a, another particular gentleman that's on the sideline. And that's the guy that's calling the plays, Mike McCarthy. By the way, those uh, that don't know, he's the head coach and he's calling the plays this year. That's going to be interesting. But who do you think has more pressure on them in this season? Dak Prescott as the quarterback of the Cowboys or Mike McCarthy taking over play calling, knowing it could cost him his job this year? Honestly, that's really – it's nearly a tie. Um, <laughs> it's nearly a tie. I, I think Dak – Dak has a lot of pressure. But I do think if the Cowboys have a, you know, if they don't even reach the playoffs, I I think it will come down to the coach. I think it will come down to the coach. Dak has been there for so long. And, you know, I think there's, there's so much value and belief in him. They just have to have the right pieces around. I don't think they will give up on Dak just yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You know, it's going to be interesting, especially if the backup quarterback comes in and, you know, everybody's going to be like, well, put him in there. We can do the same things with him that we do with Dak. But, you know, you really can't. But, you know, you you know, everybody loves the backup quarterback. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, similarly, like with the Eagles, right? Jalen Hurts was the third string quarterback at one point. Um, Nick Foles was a backup quarterback at one point. So they can show up. But, you know. It's not it's not common, but it can happen. And a lot of those situation uh, situations, the re- they come uh, back to reality pretty quickly. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like a uh, you know situation that happened where a particular gentleman was quarterbacking for the Green Bay Packers, Matt Flynn, 
he gets signed by the Seattle Seahawks, and then Russell Wilson beats him out for the job, and he's the most expensive backup in the NFL. Absolutely. So yeah. It can happen. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking about um, people going different places and trying to, I guess, uh, show themselves, that would be the commanders, and that would be Mr. Eric Bieniemy. Now, Eric Bieniemy has been on the sideline for the Kansas City Chiefs for a long time, but everyone always does this with him. And I hate it that everybody does this with him. They always, when things are going well, it's always Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. When something goes bad, oh, Eric Bieniemy did it. Oh, he's the offensive coordinator. But he can't be the offensive coordinator when things are going good. So I kind of like that he got an opportunity to do something away from the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't, however, like that he kept getting passed over for head coaching jobs. I just, you know, that, that bothered me. But – you know, it is what it is at this point. And, you know, even though it's frustrating, we have to move forward. So with this job with the commanders, can he go ahead and with a good job, put himself at the front of the line for head coaching jobs going into next offseason, in your opinion? I think so. You know, the commanders, they have a lot to prove. Um, you know, I think they were probably last in the division last season. So he... I think there's a lot of room for progress and you're right. It's hard. Like I don't understand why he's been overlooked as the coach, but I, I think if they are, the commanders are successful, re, you know, have a winning season, reach the playoffs. I think there's conversations to be had. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, honestly, I, I think he should have already been a head coach, but I'm not a GM. I'm not an owner. I can only speak for what I see and know. But we do have to get to one other team, and that's the team that uh, you like, the team that wears green. That would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, going into last season, Jalen Hurts, there were so many questions. They saw the game at Tampa Bay. They really don't – people were thinking, oh, he's not the guy. They need to bring somebody else in, and then what happens? He comes out, and he blesses us with a great performance the entire season, you know, minus the games he was hurt, of course, and leads them to the Super Bowl. Didn't quite get it done, unfortunately, but he did – have a very good game in the Super Bowl and shut up a lot of the doubters about if he can throw the football, if he can do this, if he can do that. The man can play football. I don't want to hear any more questions about Jalen Hurts. He can play football. He can throw the football. He can run the football. He can do whatever you want him to do because he is a quarterback in the NFL. He is a good quarterback in the NFL. Let me get that correct. He's great. So, He's there you go. Great quarterback. He just signed a five-year contract extension for like 250, 55 million at the time was the highest contract after Lamar Jackson took that. But he has the highest, you know, one of the highest paid uh, quarterbacks and his deal. There's no, no trade clause deal for the Eagles, which is like the first time that's ever happened in the Eagles history. So clearly they're invested in Jalen. They value his talent. He's versatile mm -hmm. and he's humble. Right, right. I mean, I always, uh, even though I, I don't, I'm not necessarily an Alabama fan, I always applauded Jalen Hurts and how he handled himself, even how he handled the situation when he was replaced as the starter. Yeah, always applauded the class that he carried himself with. But I got do have a question I got to get to on the Eagles. Now, last year they pretty much dominated the NFC East. I mean, Redskins, Redskins, mm, Commanders. And Giants fans, the Cowboys fans can't complain or argue about that all they want to, but it's just facts. 
the Eagles dominated the NFC East. Now, going into this season, do you think they can kind of run it back and dominate again in the NFC East with those teams that are there? In the NFC East? Yes, I, I do. You know, the Eagles, not much has changed from the roster, but essentially the core team is back. And they're a strong team. I, even defensively, they're one of the top teams. In ter- I think they had the record of like 70, uh, 70 pat- sacks last season. They led the league in sacks. So they're both they're great on both sides of the ball. Um, and they they know what it takes. They're very familiar with these teams. I truly feel like they will certainly win the NFC East division. Okay. All right. Well, one thing I will say is, uh, you know, they may as well go ahead and just go on ahead at the, either a, sat- a satellite office or satellite, um, you know, I guess satellite uh, campus in Philadelphia for the University of Georgia with how many Georgia players they have drafted over the years. Yeah, they may as well just make, call them just call them the Philadelphia Bulldogs sometimes. I mean, geez, wow. every time I turn around, they're drafting the Georgia Bulldog. And I'm like, wow, they drafted the whole front seven, didn't they? But, you know, I can't blame them because that Georgia defense is – Pretty doggone good, you know. Catch yeah. the pun there, doggone. But yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> roof, roof. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they definitely drafted you know a lot of Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, I'm wondering when they're going to start drafting offensive players. Are they going to draft the tight end next year from the University of Georgia? Who knows? But you know, they definitely know where Athens, Georgia, is. <laughs> but uh, you know, we we definitely. The Eagles, yeah, I can see the Eagles, you know, winning that division again. Yeah. I can see the Cowboys potentially doing some things, depending on how Brandon Cooks does for them, who's a, a new acquisition from the Houston Texans that they traded for. However, they will miss miss uh, Schultz at tight end. They will miss Schultz. But we'll see what happens in the NFC East. It's going to be an interesting division. No one expected it to be as good as it was last year. But yet, there it was. Now – one of the most competitive divisions, you know, I feel like they're the only division currently that has each team has won a Super Bowl. Like they're a very competitive division, NFC East. Right. Right. No. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, nobody expected it to be as as talented as it was in terms of, you know, all those teams doing so well. But I know a division that's probably hoping to have all their teams be as competitive as that division was. And that's the AFC South. And we're going to talk about the AFC South uh, and kind of get into that just a little bit right after the commercial break. You're, you're watching Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. You ever miss your mom's home-cooked meals? Well, you're not always able to get to those, but you are able to get to HNT's home cooking established in 2005 patty Poland and her staff go out six days a week to create some of the best home style meals you can taste and at a fair price so if you're in nashville and you like chicken dresses green beans macaroni and cheese and other things stop by hnt's home cooking the address is 2264 Murfreesboro pike nashville tennessee 37217 and they are open monday through thursday and Sunday, 11 to 6.30, and Friday, 11 to 7. And if you want to order online, of course, the option is available as well at 
hthomecooking.com or you can call 615-367-0049. H&T's Home Cooking, food for yourself. All right, and we are back. Of course, you know, we couldn't go a whole show without talking about the AFC South. You know, what kind of show would I be touring the AFC South and not talk about the AFC South? Am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. But we're going to start the show. Or start the show. Good gracious. Start this part of the show. There we go. With a team that actually traded a particular gentleman to your team. That would be the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they traded A.J. Brown last offseason. And he surely made them pay. He even brought the belt out on them on one touchdown. did count. But, hey, it still sent a message. So, with this team, of course, this offseason, they lost a few players. They brought in a few players. They're trying to currently court DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, if that happens, that will help that team tremendously at the wide receiver position because right now they have Traylon Burks, who I, I will say, by the way, showing up in great shape for camp, is actually catching everything, looking like the star that they thought he was going to be when he first came in as a rookie. So, just want to put that out there for folks. You know, he, I, I think he's going to have a, a very excellent year this year, despite the limited weapons the Titans have. But uh, they did kind of uh, load up on the offensive line. You know, they got Daniel Brunskill from the San Francisco 49ers. Went and got Andre Dillard from your Philadelphia Eagles. And they did bring in, you know, a few other bit pieces as well. Arden Key from the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Russian passer. Uh Brought in eyes from the 49ers to play linebacker as well. So they did bring in some pieces, just weren't the guys that just be like, oh, okay, wow, this is this guy. So, you know, they still have Derrick Henry back there as well. You know, he is a big man, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make him angry. But with all <laughs> those things that they have going on, you know, of course they did have the seven-game losing streak to end the season and lost the AFC South to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last game. We're going to talk about them too. But – with all that said, and I, you know, just want to throw it out there. You know, I did say about Traylon Burks looking really good out there, and Shaka Kwanku too. Do you think that the Titans can rebound from that seven-game losing streak and start this season out like the team that people may think they can be, or some Titans fans think that they can be, and actually trend upward in the division? Well, it's interesting that you named incredible players, but you left out Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and ultimately, in my opinion, it comes down to him and how he shows up. You know, he he's he needs to show up in those big moments. And if he's able to do that, I, I have more hope for that. You know, the O-line, he has a stronger O-line to protect him, but... I just think it's ten. It's the ten, t- Tennessee Tannehill Titans, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you will, to kind of determine the trajectory of the team. And I know D Hop mentioned that he wants to. You know, we're assuming he wants to win a Super Bowl. Um, he also mentioned he doesn't want to be with brand new receivers. But then you have Ryan Tannehill, who's like. You know, I don't know if he wants to be around that either. So it's just we got to see how he performs. Oh, I hear you there. One thing I did want to point out to people as well, you know, D-Hop is, is visit, has visited the Patriots. He did visit the Tennessee Titans. So after, after pick between Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill, I think I'm going Ryan Tannehill with that one. But, you know, her, that's just me. Her completion percentage is like nearly the same. 
of the last season. It's like yeah. 65%, like from a complete, no, as a receiver. So, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. You know, it, 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 I think you could just throw it up in the air. I think with Mac Jones, though, again, he's newer and he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's in a great system. The Patriots, Bill Belichick, Belichick. I think that he has a great piece pieces around. Well, Juju and, and Ty, uh, Tyquan, I think, they're injured. So, unfortunately, uh, we'll see how that pans out. But that would be a great opportunity for D-Hop to go to the Patriots. But I feel like Mac Jones and, and Ryan Tannehill, they're one in the same. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you these two nuggets for those that are listening or watching. If he goes to the Patriots, he's playing for his old coach that he played yeah. for in Houston, which would be Bill cool. O'Brien, which apparently they don't have beef with each other, which that was announced, which when usually when you announce they don't have beef with somebody, there is something in the undercurrent. But Listen, that's just me. <laughs> it's hard to forgive someone who let you go, who traded you with, like a, with a fourth round pick. It's very hard <laughs> to not let that get to you. But again, this is football. Everything's business. So D-Hop, you know, he. I'm sure he had to reconcile, like, business is business. I still ain't going, you know, remember, I'll forget, but I won't forget. Um, but again, you're right. There's claims that there's no animosity. And again, he's used to Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien, so that could be a, a seamless fit. Um, and they can thrive in New England. Also, I'll throw you the, I'll throw you the other one out for the Titans on, on their winning behalf. Tim Kelly is the offensive coordinator. And guess who had one of his best seasons in the NFL under Tim Kelly? That would be DeAndre Hopkins. So there's another feather in the cap for the Titans, feather in the cap for the Patriots. It's going to yeah. be interesting if he even chooses those two, those two teams or if there's a wild card out there. We'll I see think, what happens. Yeah, there's definitely a wild card because he's just waiting it out. He's waiting it out. Right. I think he wants to win a championship. And, and on I Am Athlete podcast, he said – the top five receivers he would love to work with, obviously Patrick Mahomes, obviously Jalen Hurts, um, Lamar Jackson, and the quarterback in the Chargers, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert, and uh, Josh Allen. I think Josh mm-hmm. Allen is interesting. So we'll see how things pan out again with training camps. Unfortunately, injuries happen, things happen. So they, they may be knocking on D hop's door. Like we need you. So I, I, you know, it's all comes down to what his priorities are. It's hard for us to, we can assume what his priorities are. Does he want money? Does he want a championship? Does he want palm trees or snow blizzards? Um, (laughs) It just really depends on, you know, what his priorities are. Right. He might want Tennessee whiskey. You never know. Um, (laughs) All right. But the next team uh, I want to talk about is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, of course, I did mention they beat the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South, went to the playoffs, had a crazy game against the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, down by a whole bunch, come back, win the game. I mean, that was the craziest game I've ever watched. But then again, it is the Chargers and those things happen to the Chargers. Um, but they did they did kind of, you know, put up a fight against Kansas City, but ultimately they didn't have enough. But this season, you know, we're talking about wide receivers, and they have Calvin Ridley on their roster this year. They traded for him for, I believe, a fifth-round draft pick from the Atlanta Falcons. You know, adding him to this team, you had Kirk uh, Christian Kirk have his best season as a pro, 1,000-yard receiving. You had uh, Ingram, Evan Ingram have his best season as a pro as tight end. 
I mean, you just had all these little weapons. You had you had uh you had Bruce Leroy playing wide receiver for them. You know, you know, I'm talking about Bruce Leroy, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but they got a lot going on offensively. To me, adding him makes them very, very dangerous. Do you see that offense as being one of the most explosive potential offenses in the NFL next year? Absolutely. The Jags are the most exciting team I'm looking forward to this season, as I imagine many are, um, for a plethora of reasons, definitely adding Ridley. But to see Trevor Lawrence blossom, you know, now that he's under Doug Peterson, former Eagles Super Bowl winning <laughs> coach, um, he, he's... Lawrence is back to that college style of play. You know, the reason why the Jags picked him as the number one overall pick. So it's great to see Lawrence is back in his groove. Um, and I, I think, and Doug Peterson, of course, he has that experience. He's actually one of the few players who has won a Super Bowl, or one of two people who has won the Super Bowl as a player and as a coach. So Doug, Doug knows what, he, what he's doing. He actually started as a coach under Andy Reid uh, with the Eagles and then moved to the Chiefs. So I think Doug Peterson is such a breath of fresh air for the franchise. Offensively, they're going to be a threat. They're going to be a threat. Just in general, they're going to be a threat. Okay. All right. All right. Can you see them? Uh, I Well, I just uh, you already answered my question. I was going to say if you see them as a sleeper contender in the AFC, and I'm pretty sure you do at this point. Uh, yes. I, they'll certainly win the division for a fact, hands down. Oh, okay. Calling the shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Texans, they have, what's his name? Court, uh, from Ohio State. CJ Stroud. Yes. He's, a, he's, 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 he's good. He's good. But, um, I just think the Jags got it on lock, assuming that Trevor had played, continues playing at this level. We have now have Ridley to stretch it out, but Peterson seasoned the coach. So, yeah. We shall indeed see. We shall indeed see. I'll say this. You can always count on the Jaguars to be the Jaguars. Take from that what you will. But you can always count on the Jaguars to be the Jaguars. So when you count them to do well, it does not always end up being that way. Listen, the variables (laughs) are different. I know historically it's been rough. A few seasons, they only won one game. It, it, they've gone through it. Uh, but I'm a person of hope and energy, and I really feel like this is the era where things are turning. And if anyone can do it, it's Doug Peterson. You know, he worked with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz with the play, uh, the Super Bowl winning team for, with the Eagles. Like, people were doubting the Eagles. People didn't think this could happen. Nick Foles, come on. And then look what Doug Peterson was able to produce. So, again, I think he's the right best coach for this team. And they've been excelling year after year, the two years or so he's been there. And I really wholeheartedly feel it's it's just up from here. It's up from here. As long as Trevor Lawrence and the squad do not fall into the hype. They need to stay focused. They need to stay focused. As long as they're focused, they'll go far. We shall indeed see. But, you know, we do have to talk about two other teams in this division. One of those you just mentioned would be the Houston Texans and the D'Amico Ryan era has started there. And you did mention C.J. Stroud, which to me, he's the, he was the most talented quarterback in the draft. That wasn't the question. 
Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not saying he's the best performer out of the, these people, but that were the people who were playing quarterback. But he's the most talented out of all of them. So if the Texans could kind of harness that, do you kind of expect them to potentially make a run in that AFC South? You know, given the young pieces that they have with the Will Anderson they brought in, you've got um, – Stingley at one corner. You've got this. You've got Jimmy Ward. They brought in as a veteran and safety. I mean, they've got some veteran pieces and some young pieces. They could potentially scare some people. What do you think? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, there, I, I I agree. Literally, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Down to the Texans and the Jags in the division. Um, and the Texans, you know, while the quarterback is new, um, there will be some growing pains there. But I think the Texans, the Texans got a little something. If anything, I feel like they're the sleeper team out of the division. Okay. All right. All right. Of course, the last team we got to talk about is the Indianapolis Colts. And I personally thought it was a great selection for them to draft Anthony Richardson out of the University of Florida because I think him and Shane Steichen fit together because, you know, Steichen was the, the QB coach out in San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles, I should say. I keep wanting to put them back in San Diego. But uh, in Los Angeles, he was the QB coach for Justin Herbert. In, in Philadelphia, of course, he worked with, Justin Hurts. Now he has a quarterback that kind of has a little bit of the Justin, uh, Justin Jalen Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting them crossed up, right? Yeah, I got uh, the two J's, right? But uh, Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts, he has a little bit of the Jalen Hurts uh, in terms of the athleticism and things like that, the ability to run the football. However, you know he does have a rocket arm like a Justin Herbert. Just may not be a controlled rocket, yeah. but it is a rocket arm. So with those two kind of pairing in Indianapolis, does that kind of uh, that kind of bode well for the future for them? To me, it kind of does. I don't think this year is going to be that year. Oh, yeah. but I think going into maybe 2024, you could start seeing him turn the corner because I don't think it's going to take him. You know, some people are saying it's going to take three or four years. Three or four years. I'm like, no, 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 no. Usually maybe. the guys that say three or four year projects, usually are the guys that show up in like one to two years, which is, yeah. you know, what everybody keeps missing is that, you you know, when you do that type of thing. But um, I think he shows up in 2024, and I think the Colts take that step forward in 2024. Uh, or could I be this? It could be this year. You never know. But do you think this pairing has superstar pair, pairing written all over it? Yes. AR5. Come on now. Um, and, and there's plenty of young players to root for. I, I really feel like Obviously, it's like a restart. They're 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 getting back into the groove. So I I think they're going to be a long term. They're going to be incredible. And then of course with Jonathan Ta Jonathan Taylor back, um, he's fully healthy. The running back, I think that's also going to add another flavor, another level of um, heightened level of play for the Colts. Mm -hmm. I hear you there. I like to call him JT Money when he's right. Hey. But <laughs> Yeah, but it's going to be interesting just to see how that mesh of, you know, the offenses, the players that were hold on, held over from the last regime to this regime kind of, you know, mesh together to make this team. And 
who shows up in the wide receiver room as well. That's going to be interesting to me yeah. to watch. Yeah. But we have reached the end of the show, but we haven't reached quite the end of the show. There's always a game. Oh, There's no. There's five questions, two <laughs> answers, and you got to pick one choice. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Wait, say that again. There's five questions, and I have to pick. You have to pick. One. I've got two answers uh, that you have, but you got to pick one of them. Okay. I, right. I'm going to follow along. I don't know if I follow that, but I'll follow along. I'm a team player. All right. All right. You got to pick. You got to pick one of these. Okay. New York pizza or a Philly cheesesteak? Which one are you Philly picking? Philly cheesesteak. Come on now. <laughs> All right. Hey, I thought since you moved to New York, you might have changed it up on me. You know, <laughs> I love New York. I really, actually, I really, really love New York. Pizza's, pizza's a vibe, but there's nothing like a Philly cheesesteak. Ish kabibbles, like, there's nothing like a Philly cheesesteak. Well, I was going to say Geno's or other. Which cheesesteak? Uh, you going yeah, to other? I think I prefer Pat's over Geno's. Um, I feel like Geno's has, like, a lot of gristle and, like, you know, fat. Um, but that is part of the cheesesteak, you know? But um, I, I think I prefer Pat's over Geno's, but Ish kabibbles is another place that is mm -hmm. one of my faves. I've heard that name, and I've also heard that you know you don't go with the name brands; you go with the ones that are down the corner, around this, around the, down the street, around the corner. Always, always, always. <laughs> All right, you got to cover one game: Super Bowl or Game Seven NBA Finals. Ooh. <laughs> it depends who's playing. <laughs> it depends on who's playing. Like this mm -hmm. year's Super Bowl was the Chiefs, the Eagles. That was electric. The NBA Finals this year, Denver Nuggets and Miami. Mm. Whew, man. The best matchup. Say, say you're getting one of the best matchups. Say you're getting Kobe in the Lakers versus the 2010 through 14 Miami Heat in, the, in game seven, the NBA Finals. And say you're in the Super Bowl, you're getting the 90s Dallas Cowboys versus the 90s, uh, what, versus the, the, the end of the 90s era. Denver Broncos and John Elway and Terrell Davis. There you go. I, how about that matchup? Well, I don't <laughs> like the Cowboys, so <laughs> I don't want to watch the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> I'll just, just put it out there. So that probably made it worse. Honestly, there's nothing like a game seven, but the Super Bowl is special. So the Super Bowl has the edge. The Super Bowl is just too special. Got you. Okay. All right. And the last question I have for you, interviews or sideline reporting, which one do you like more? Interviews. Interviews because you're able to have, you know, candid conversations. You can really dig deep on the copy, on the topic. Um, I prefer interviews. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's five questions, two answers and one choice. And we're all wrapped up. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for bringing all the energy, all the, the information. And I want to kind of give you the floor right now to tell everyone where they can find you on social media, what all you're working on. The floor is yours. Yes. So on social media, you can find me on all platforms with uh, the name is on the screen right now. Bianca Peart. It's my first name and last name. Um, you can find me there. I am currently 
looking to do a football show coming up this season. So stay tuned on that. But in the meantime, I'm just covering, you know, I'm at WNBA games right now. Um, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the game, the game of the WNBA. Cause I feel like everyone should be watching the WNBA. Uh, it's so important and they need all the love. But in the meantime, yes, I'll be posting about what's happening in the sports world, giving opinions on how I feel about that. You got to just catch me on social media. That is where I am at. All right. Well, you know, I, I will have to say, you know, go Sparks. That's that's my squad. Okay. So, you know, nice. yeah. I've been a Sparks it. fan since back uh, back to the Lisa Leslie days. Yeah. So, yes. That's, yep. That's long time. Long time Sparks fan. Go back to Tamika Dixon. And uh, Delisha Milton Jones, and yeah, I can I can name them off now. I can definitely I name them off. I love that. Yeah. I love to hear it. Um, yes, definitely, definitely a huge WNBA fan. And for those that are listening, yes, WNBA Fridays. You know, Fridays might be for movies and dates and things like that. For me, it is WNBA on Ion Network. Get that again, WNBA on the Ion Network. Go and check that out. You know, they get they give you that nice double header on Friday night. But, um, you know, speaking of, you know, me, I, I, I kind of guess want to bring it back to touring the AFC South. But you can find me on Twitter at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N 82 on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. And, of course, you can find touring the AFC South on YouTube. Hey, hello. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on, let's see, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere that you can listen, you can find me. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I would love if you leave a great review for the show or, you know, give it a five star rating. You know, not that one, not that two, three, not that four. I said five, five, like a high five. But uh <laughs> <laughs> and and I want I want everyone to drop who is going to comment who is going to win the division AFC South division. I'm betting on the Jags. I'm here for the team Jags. Um, so I'm curious what y'all think. Okay, well, yeah. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm actually gonna say the, that the Titans are gonna mess around and win this division. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say something crazy like that. I think that I think. This is always the awesome. years that the Titans, that nobody thinks the Titans are going to win the division, that they always end up doing something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I may either be crazy like a fox or just crazy. So you never know. And that we'll reverse see what psychology, happens. reverse psychology, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's either going to be reverse psychology or just thinking in reverse one of the so. But <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, you have been tuned in to Torn ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.